right, I think that might be long enough. <laughs> so, so me and Five Six Three are back. Um, been away for a couple of weeks. I've been getting married. We've all been doing some funky stuff. A lot of the team have been out all over, gallivanting all over Europe. But yeah, we've got a a good topic today, like something that we, you know, everyone loves. It's looking at projects that I haven't launched yet, and if there's any information around the product, and when when marketing, when TGE, when talking, all that kind of good stuff. But <laughs> first, uh, five, six, three, how have you been? Doing great, man. Welcome back. You missed Thank a lot. Thank you very much. I know, yeah. I um, So Jerry was given just a constant hourly update on the price of Bitcoin throughout <laughs> the wedding weekend. <laughs> I was I like, all right, thanks for that, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it was like, kind of needed it bought a lot of bitcoin before i left <laughs> weddings aren't cheap so um it kind of helped me out a little bit there so yeah congrats to the market participants but it was it's nice to see a bit of a you know everyone's been nice to each other for a change imagine that what <laughs> yeah, have you been up to have you just been you've just been doing some research writing content stuff yeah man um Few articles for Bankless just dropped, and yeah, just keeping keeping on my toes. Lots going on in the industry these days. So much, like really difficult to keep on top of. And I think before we would jump down, we were just saying maybe we'll do one of these, maybe once once a month because there's going to be so much that comes onto the market. Particularly as everyone's being nice to each other, people might see it as a good opportunity to go out market. So um, I think it'll be a good segment. Yeah. All right then. So, what do you want to do one one for one? And then yeah, we'll leave the. So, what we'll do if anyone's listening, if you listen on Spotify, we we might bring up some of the important tweets or threads or stuff like that. But you're not going to miss out too much. We'll talk you through it anyway. So, but if you are listening on YouTube, you'll probably, you'll probably get to see that. Um, but yeah, we've got a handful of projects. I'm just going to talk through them. And yeah, we'll just go for one for one. Do you want to, do you want to kick off with your first one, and then I'll just act like the idiot in the room with <laughs> like a lot of your stuff because uh, there's a few on there that I haven't looked into, and there's a few that I definitely have. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, we can just go back and forth. Uh, we can kick it off with mine. Um, first one on my list is Ion Protocol, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's a money market for any ETH derivative that you can think of. So um, we're gonna go through different parts of our research. And so the first part is like how we found the project. So for ION, I was going through uh, liquid restaking tokens because I was diving into Eigenlayer a bit. And I was just trying to find out how our DGEN's gonna gain leverage over these LRTs, because you know that's gonna be part of the play. You get these liquid restaking tokens, all right, how do I borrow against it? How do I loop this? And how do I make this as crazy as possible? So that's how I stumbled upon ION. Um, they just got through a $2 million seed or pre-seed from a bunch of VCs and angels. Um, and yeah, let's just go into how it works. So Eigenlayer, they have these, this concept called AVSs or actively validated services. And that's any protocol that wants to leverage this existing underlying layer of ETH security that you get from all of this like monetary value of ETH that's being staked. So with Eigenlayer, you get to use that monetary value to restake and basically use that validator for not only validating Ethereum, but also other services. Um, so I really recommend checking out, watching Eigenlayer because they're, I think they're gonna be a key part of this new cycle going forward and protocols building on top of it are getting to do some really new and interesting things. So definitely watch their Twitter and their, their blog just because there's gonna be highlighting a lot of cool projects, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the problem surrounding these new um, derivatives is there's a ton of these new derivatives. So you have liquid staking tokens that we all know and love, like Steeth and Rocket Pool ETH and Frax ETH. Um, but now we're going to get these liquid restaking tokens. So the same idea with liquid staking tokens, you have your underlying position of ETH, of ETH that's being restaked through Eigenlayer. And a liquid restaking token allows you to uh, have a coupon for that token pretty much and go and use that throughout DeFi. So you can borrow against it, you can lend it out, you could um, LP it or something. Uh, so you have that, you have 
LST LP positions, you could have ETH LP positions, um, but there's not really an easy way to borrow or lend against anything besides the most used ones. So one of the main reasons why uh, Lido's ETH became so prolific and like far reaching as it did is because it was one of the first to get an Aave lending market. So people could actually go and get some leverage on their Steeth. Um, but there's not really a way to do that for everything. So that's where ION comes in. Uh, they have this way of modeling risks based on like of these ETH derivatives based on the validator hardware itself. So if you think about it, all these ETH derivatives that are being staked rely on um, some underlying security of that validator network that it's using. So if the validator operators or the validator hardware is no good, that ETH is probably more at risk. Um, have you ever used rated.network before? I haven't. It's it's pretty cool. Sir. It's a free website. You can just go and check out rated.network, but it goes through like how effective all of these different uh, LST providers are basically like um, staking pool providers are. You can go through and see how effective they are, basically how risky they are to being slashed, that sort of thing. Um, but if you think about that and then just apply it to all the ETH derivatives that those validators are responsible for. Mm -hmm. So that's basically how it works. It's trying to understand how risky on a consensus layer these validators are and then applying that risk judgment to the ETH derivatives that those validators are responsible for. Um, so it monitors all this consensus layer info um, from those validators themselves and not from oracles. So if you think that's kind of how lending markets accumulate bad debt is they monitor info from oracles, there's a sudden price drop and not able to liquidate people fast enough in order to get all the debt back to make up for what they just lost. And by monitoring at the consensus layer, you don't have to wait on that delay from oracles. So that's one way they're trying to avoid bad debt accumulation. And you can kind of fine tune those interest rates based on what kind of collateral type there is and what kind of validator sets they're using. Um, and they're also throwing in some ZK enabled proof of reserves. So there's, um, so you understand what the reserves are there and there's attestations over time. And you can kind of prove that what the, uh, the validator is saying is true. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a way to get really good loan to values for those short tail um, LSTs like Steeth and Reef, but also actually get leverage on the long tail because that's hard to come by. <clears throat> so I think it really fits into those narratives of new LSTs coming to market. Um, you see a lot of LST products going live right now with Prisma and all that. So it's definitely still pretty hot. And as well as LRTs coming online with when Eigenlayer fully goes online um, and all that adjacent tech, uh, Ion just going to benefit from that. Um, there's no token yet, so that's part of why I'm still a little hesitant on it, but it's pretty cool. I'm excited for it, really. It's a, it's an untested design, so that's part of the bear case for it, but um, I'm watching it pretty closely. Yeah, that seems really, really cool. I really like the idea. And like the more I think and more I look at Eigenlayer, it looks like it's kind of just creating this open free marketplace for one additional incentives and rewards by securing additional networks that might not just be the L1. And then the other side of it is like you're creating this risk and slashing potential marketplace, which is really, really interesting to see it kind of yeah. play out. Um, because and some of the really interesting questions we, we were speaking about this today is you're probably going to see, well, you're already seeing Eigendia. Yeah. Mantle, Mantle are going to reuse that. Who's going to be, I don't know, what have you had? An Oracle network that was using Eigenlayer to secure its kind of nodes in, in that network. And then you're just going to see this whole ecosystem develop. And as you were saying, the amount of adjacent protocols that get built in on top of or around this whole, I don't think people can really comprehend what this is actually going to do. I know we can, we've kind of seen some similarities with like the, how the LST market has, has progressed, but this just opens up a lot more verticals in my opinion. So it's 
it's something definitely to keep a close eye on. Iron looks really good. Looks like he's got some strong backing as well. Um, two million three seed teams a bit, <laughs> a bit, a bit funky, but <laughs> that's a lot of money, right? But, um, yeah, yeah. Particularly if um, you're going to try and raise a seed at, but like we don't know how big these yeah, emerging are. Yeah, we don't know how big the allocations. We don't know how big this potential area of the industry could be. Um, well, so I don't know. Like I really have a competitor. It could be pretty massive. Oh yeah, yeah. If that's yeah, and like, and Ave is not gonna like Ave is notoriously difficult to have your asset listed. There's a lot right. of governance, massaging, political bureaucracy and games that get played there and like if these guys are like solely focusing on all right we're looking at lsts and we're looking at lrts and like that's their domain and they've got like a, i don't know if they're going to work with like someone like chaos labs or if there's like an even more bespoke kind of risk management firm that kind of helps people with like with these kind of things but you know it's it's i'd be i'd be happy to see someone gain market share on Aave. as much as i, I love Aave, it's like <laughs> It's good to have competition. Yeah, it's it's good to have competition, um, and it's good to shake up governance incumbents. I think because a lot of stuff just gets stuck in the mud with like these OG DeFi protocols. So it's and and if these go ahead and do it, and it, I suppose it serves as a a live test case for what is possible, and then like Aave go and implement it like off the off the own backs of the set, use like like some Ion to use it as a positive test case, and then they can go on assess based on something that's live in a live working environment and then it gets opened up to the masses so i'm all for it and i think like innovation like this definitely pushes like the full industry forward so very very cool would like to see what the token dynamics are like but yeah very cool yeah it's definitely one to watch and uh there was actually a good podcast on the flywheel flywheel podcast so check that one out they went into a lot more depth i can link that one too sweet so yeah love the flywheel guys um so my first one, right. <laughs> so I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not going to borrow everyone to death with tapioca again because I do it every <laughs> single time. <laughs> I was going to pick that one too. <laughs> I do it all the time. And yeah, seed investor in that. And uh, Matt's coming on in a couple of weeks anyway to talk about the RIP liquidity mining epilogue that he's wrote, which is oh, nice. about 10,000 pages, but it's a. Uh, <laughs> He's such a like he's such a good writer. If he wasn't such a great builder, I'd be like just trying to tap him up to come work with us. Because yeah. <laughs> he's 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 so he's so so good at like getting his point across, and he has so many like really good thoughts on the industry. But yeah, I'm not going to borrow everyone to death on tapioca. So, um, and as I was pulling some of these together, I was just saying a five six three before I came on. I was like, I could have, I could have did thirty <laughs> protocols <laughs> I'm really interested in, but um, these are. I think these are kind of subconsciously top of mind because they're quite relevant and, and there's TGs coming up for them and I'll, we'll get into it. But the first one is Good Entry. So Good Entry Labs and the handle on, yeah, the handle on Twitter is Good Entry Labs. So if you'll be familiar with this because we've spoke about it previously, but there's a whole kind of wave of new derivatives that are coming online that are looking to leverage lending and borrowing markets and the idle liquidity sat outside the current tick on the likes of univ3 or other concentrated liquidity mms and so good entry uh like their tagline is protected perps native to arbitrum so their whole shtick is look there's definitely a way to kind of gain additional leverage exposure through margin from capital that's sat outside the current tick range that's being used on a concentrated liquidity mm or lending and borrowing protocol all combined of both effectively. So how I found this was I kind of seen that little green mascot and their little green thumb popping up all over the place. And like, usually I have a rule of three. If I see it in three different places, I have to go and check it out. Um, and then I actually had it, coincidentally, I actually had a call with Ouroboros Capital because we were going to meet up in Singapore. And he is, I think he's, he and the team are like advisors on, on, good entry and i know our thoughts on a lot of projects are very very well aligned anyway so i was like well this guy this guy's in definitely kind of backs up my own thoughts around the project 
so I really like that we're pushing the kind of boundaries of what's possible in the kind of AMM space and then really design the open design space, even on Uni V3. Um, I think there's such a demand for long tail perps and a lot of current, whether it's like a general GLP liquidity model, whether it's a GMX V2 style model with kind of like synthetics, like a high beta on the EFUSD pair or then getting onto like a concert, um, a central limit order book kind of model that the next project I'm going to talk about it actually gets onto. There is such a high, such a high demand for long tail assets on chain that you can gain leverage exposure to. But the main problem is no one really wants to get stuck holding the bag if something's getting shot to death and something's like flavor of the week and then no one's going to provide liquidity to the counterparty to that. Whereas this kind of rectifies that. Um, and the whole idea is on on top of the potential for long tail assets to um, have perps, the beauty of it is, and the whole protect perps knit to our arbitrum tagline comes from, is how many times have you opened, well, hopefully if you've been a very sensible degenerate, you, if you've <laughs> used, a, used a stop loss, but there's been a million and one times, everyone sees it, you get a sleep, the orders in the books get removed. You get a scam wick down. Your stop loss gets hit. You're already asleep. But then what happens? The position rebounds and your thesis around the original trade gets fulfilled, but you're out of your position and you sign cash. <laughs> so like these scam wicks that kind of cost people an awful lot of money and definitely get hunted on certain centralized exchanges. The way that these perps are structured, that, that doesn't happen. So the problem that is getting getting kind of rectified here is the liquidation happens over a period of time as opposed to the, the current price. So eventually over a period of time, you will have paid more in fees back to the people who are providing liquidity that effectively your collateral down will have been kind of eaten into. So that's the way that kind of works. So it's a different take on it. So it's never liquidated by price it's only only liquidated by time so it's a really kind of unique product in that regard and what's really interesting is kucoin have actually just created something very very similar um and they're obviously looking at like the DeFi space for innovation and then going to go and try and implement it so a couple of the other factors about it are i think leverage is only up to around 10x i don't know if that increases going forward or what but Again, the current like the dynamics of how it's set up, um, you're looking at around 10x leverage. I don't know why you'd need any more than that, <laughs> personally, but <laughs> I, know, I know some people in the blockmates community are uh, that's chump change to them. But, um, and like if we're speaking around narratives, I think we've spoke about it previously. I think the whole design space of the AMMs definitely opening up. Everyone's looking at perps and thinking, how do we get? The best product created because i don't necessarily think it's been 100 cracked particularly on chain yet right um and I, and I love these kind of new primitives that are coming online to try and test the boundaries of what's possible is it going to be the final product that that wins i don't know maybe it is maybe it isn't but at least it's kind of pushing kind of innovation in, in, in the right direction i think met the team in singapore they're all great like all this just really like you know, you, just, you know people are in it for that kind of right reason. There's nothing like um, here that's a bit untoward. Like these, these are just good, right, good people building in the right kind of in the right direction. Just want to push like innovation in the space forward. So like I'm all for that. Um, token details, which everyone's waiting for me to stop waffling on. There is going to be a token. <laughs> so this is this is expected to be from 27th of November to the 3rd of December. It's going to be hosted natively on the website, on Arbitrum, billion tokens. FDV is only 10 million. There's no locks. So you participate in in the um, liquidity bootstrapping event and then tokens are effectively live to the, to the world. So I like it. I think 10 mil, pretty good. Pretty good price point. Well, very, very good price point. Some of the private round deals that I'm seeing come across the desk are two and four and eight times larger than this. So 
Um, wow. The what have I put on a bear case? Um, I always have to kind of present the other side because if not, it's a bit stupid. So I think bear cases. There's quite a few protocols that are looking at this space as something that needs to be attacked. Um, there's the likes of infinity pools, even uni v4 hooks. I think you can kind of implement this lending out idle liquidity aspect. So right. And you know, like it's still have to build it's that all out though, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's you know what you know what it reminds me of what did you see the the open AI announcement today with uh GPTs? No, what was it? So so, <laughs> so you know like Uni V four has basically just said we have absolutely everything you need to create all these innovative decks that everyone's just creating off their own back. Yeah. So GPTs like from OpenAI is effectively just went, oh, you want specific, you want specific large language models. So you want like a large language model that is going to act as a, like all these, all these startups have created a GPT around um, like a personal health and fitness coach. It's like, it's trained in that specific niche. So they've just announced today where it's like, yeah, we, we're going to give you all the tool and for that, and effectively oh, no. makes every, every effectively <laughs> makes all these like startups. I can imagine that have raised an awful lot of money, just completely redundant overnight. <laughs> so, so, so many startups. <laughs> yeah, so I'm worried. So I'm worried about UniV4 and Hooks just having a similar sort of. I mean, it's great for them. Don't get me wrong. It's like all the innovation, but it's like, well, we have that. You can just do it here, and you don't need to fork out for all the R and D and all development, and we'll just help you do it <laughs> so i can imagine that is potentially a bear case for this kind of product but uh and i also when i interviewed crypto fish from further joe on still early the other week he said he was delivering a presentation on this kind of thing to the team so everyone's oh. looking at it and it's going to be i suppose it's just going to be another competitive space in the industry but yeah first one for me was good entry labs and tg is 27th of november to love that of december Really cool, man. Yeah, I think there's definitely a market for these long tail assets to get to get leverage on them. I mean, you can only get leverage on GMX on what, like seven assets or something like that? Ten, maybe? Um, yeah, so definitely it's really cool to use that idle liquidity because it's not going to be used elsewhere. So it even gets more money back to the bar or to the LP or so. It's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. Way. Yeah. So they, they're getting the LPs are... Well, yeah, it is a complete win. Like the traders getting what protected perps, decent leverage for longer tail assets. LP, who is sat, particularly with that basket of liquidity, not within range, not earning any fees, and then it's getting lent out. They're earning trading fees, and then they're also earning, earning the borrow fee. And if and if that asset's in high demand at any particular time, I don't know, there might be a huge catalyst at, at that particular point. They're going to get paid pretty handsomely, I think. So, it might be a way to offset additional impairment loss. Or, right. um, you know, there's 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 a whole host of things that might be a remedy to that. So it's it's quite interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, you can go 10x long on Leroy Jenkins coin. <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> Alright, thanks for you. Okay. Um, yeah, so next up for me uh, is a new one, hasn't launched yet, obviously. It's called Intent X. It's for RFQ perps, so request for quote perps. That's kind of in like the intense space, and we can talk about how that works. So how I found this one, it was actually from the group chat with some crypto friends from Twitter, but ended up diving into it more once I uh, wanted to learn more about Intents, uh, like Uniswap X and CowSwap, that sort of thing. So the real problem that it's trying to solve is the current on-chain trading uh, all have has its trade-offs. So if you think of the different models, you have like AMMs that you get in permanent loss or loss versus for balancing. You have central limit order books, which are generally very centralized. So you have maybe something that can only exist on its own chain like DYDX. Um, you have VAMMs, like virtual AMMs like GMX that are very reliant on oracles and they have a natural restraint on liquidity because you can only use the amount of liquidity that's in that in that pool. So intents, the idea is that market makers can fill your trades uh, for all the people that are wanting to make trades on the platform. So a user comes to the platform, they ask for a quote for a trade in an RFQ, in a, in a request for quote 
model, so an RFQ perp model, which is a subset of intents. So you go and you ask for a quote. Um, so the market maker then comes back and offers their best quote. And these market makers, they don't exist solely on chain. I mean, they can get liquidity from a DEX, from a centralized exchange, from an OTC trade, or from like their own treasury. They just have to come up with a trade. Um, so this brings, in essence, the best trade execution to the trader. Um, so it doesn't matter if that best execution exists on chain or off chain, uh, the, the person on that's offering or that wants the trade gets the best execution in theory. And it potentially brings price discovery on chain, which is which is really what we want to work towards. Because now, because these days, I mean, price discovery for, I don't know, a large portion of crypto happens on Binance, unless you're talking about long tail assets that maybe price discovery happens Uniswap. Um, but it'd be really cool to see Intense bring that back on chain. Um, so it's being built on base, which, you know, has its own level of hype around it. Uh, and then I think intense and real yield kind of built, uh, fit, uh, go into this too. Um, but it's super new, the whole idea of intent-based DEXs and intent-based architectures. So there really aren't too much competition yet. Um, but I'm really excited about intent X because they're pretty early on the ball, at least for perps. There's a couple other programs that are building around just spot trading, like Uniswap X and CowSwap, um, but perps, not so much yet. Uh, so their token, obviously, you guys wanted to hear about that. Uh, they're doing 100% revenue towards the stakers. You, know, you get reduced trading fees, that sort of thing. And if um, you get uh, as like rewards for trading on their platform, you get like their staked version of their token. Uh, so people are incentivized naturally to un to unvest their token or vest their tokens over a certain amount of time. I think it's 16 weeks. But if you pull out early, there's a fee uh, associated with that. And basically, you're rewarded for not vesting your tokens all right away. So people that stake for a long time, their stake tokens end up being worth more of the underlying token over time because people are pulling out early. They take that forfeit and it forfeits it, forfeits it to people that are still, still staking. Um, it's a pretty cool design, but I kind of wish they went with the O-Token design that Tapioca is using, where people have to put up their own uh, INTX token, Intense token, to actually earn more of the token or have some kind of buy-in to buy back the token for an option. Uh, that's more what I would have gone with, but it's still an interesting design to hopefully not have too much self-pressure. As far as a bear case, there's probably going to be a lot of competition in Intent-based perps just because it's so new. Um, but Intent X is pretty early to the market, so I'm definitely watching them. Um, it, it remains to be seen if people are going to be using this more than centralized exchanges, but I think it's a cool option going forward. And yeah, they really need to entice the market makers. They call them solvers in an Intent-based system. They have to entice these solvers to come to their network. Um, so that'll, that remains to be seen if they can actually get the right amount of market makers over there. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about Intent X. I think they're on the right path and they have a cool, couple cool narratives behind it. So I think they're, they're on the path. Yeah. I, I literally spoke with a founder this morning. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Really, really good dude. Um, as you say, I think you, you started to see murmurs of it there was always a couple of rfq protocols um even before uniswap x so obviously cow swaps in that kind of vein hash flow um zero x like there's a few and what's interesting as well is <clears throat> when when we released that uni v4 article yeah they didn't waste any time to then go and release uniswap x which i found really interesting and it feels to me as if, well, if Univ4 is more of like an infrastructure product and the AMM design space doesn't work out, well, we've hedged with an RFQ style system as well. Um, it really so, fell under the radar too, I think. Yeah, I think have, have you used it yet? Not yet. No, I see like it always prompts me to use it. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I usually use an aggregator, but uh, maybe I should yeah. try it out. Yeah. See, I I know I should use an 
aggregator, aggregator, but for some reason, my muscle memory just always goes to matcha <laughs> when I read and I really like matcha. So, um, yeah, they're good, but yeah, it's like it's it's like I can't remember which I think there was like a Lyra piece I did a while back where I was looking at spot market, um, dex volumes compared to centralized, and it's just like I think it's not even close, quite a bit. Yeah, I was like 5% at the time. And I think it's definitely gained, gained on that. But I also think there's a lot of data that got skewed where it was like Dex, Dex volumes are at all-time high. So yeah, but like Jared from Subway is also at all, all-time high and there's a lot of like wash volume going through there. Um, so we still got a lot to gain even on the spot side. Um, and, but I think if anything, we can probably look to the spot market to see where the rest of the industry wants to move to. So I definitely see... RFQ perps as being something to really keep a close eye on. I think you, I think you're right. I think there's going to be an awful lot of competition. Um, there may or may not be one of those teams that I mentioned previously that might be looking in this space already. So it's like if you get like a already established spot RFQ protocol yeah. that then goes and rolls out perps, like you know, it's a good example of that. Um, like Jupiter on Solana, they like they're a, they're an they're an aggregator on Solana, so they'll plug in like Radian, Orca, OpenBook, and shit like that. And then they've just effectively released their perps, even though the perps is more like a GMX style model. But I can imagine as additional perps spin out, they'll probably act as an aggregator on that as well. So um, I agree on the they really need to figure out. I don't think it's so much as a BD problem with regards to getting market makers. Market makers are going to go where they're getting volume and fees and like. Yeah, but it's kind of a cold start problem, right? Yeah, and I think I think a lot of it's going to come down to who's got the best tooling, like who who can onboard the quickest and who can onboard the most seamless. And like, does there have to be heavy lifting from market makers? Because if so, there's going to be that level of friction and. It's going to be need to be like large incentives to actually put the time and effort in to get over there and do that. Um, but it's the same as anything. Like I suppose that comes down to like a, definitely a BD, but definitely a tooling problem as well. But um, like I, I think it's I think it's something to definitely keep close eye on. Yeah. You want to go over? I your, like it. Your next one. Yeah. What have I got? <laughs> Apologies. This isn't like a full perps deck. Sh- <laughs> sure, there, are, sure. there are others <laughs> but my next one is and I chose this because uh, it's it's nearing the TGE we've been talking about it an awful lot over the past well, 12 months I think on, on blockmints.com on the research site but Vertex Protocol and this is <laughs> this is another Perpstex maybe it should be like the Perpstex Uncovered <laughs> Gems episode or some shit but Again, like what's interesting about this is this is a total different take on than Intent X and from Good Entry. So Vertex Protocol, if people are unaware, it's built on top of Arbitrum. They are a central limit order book. Also, kind of got an AMM underline as well. So it's some, this like their unique design of this hybrid club AMM for perps. Um, it's there is a, a, an aspect of the execution that is settled off chain. So you're looking at like sub-second trades, one-click trades. It's like you're effectively depositing USDCE into the protocol. And then from there, you're effectively in this kind of session almost where you've got a centralized exchange-like experience with cross, cross-margin, lots of different pairs, which are increasing by the day. Um, it's just a really, 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 really good experience if particularly if you're kind of heavy in the derivatives game and the way i initially found these guys were so i think it came across the like the desk on twitter and then i reached out to their founder uh, and he's like an ex-derivative trader from the uk and like it's quite an f- interesting backstory actually because these guys were near enough ready to launch on terror of all places <laughs> r.i.p <laughs> Um, and then I think they'd had like her initial investment was like 7 million and raised a decent chunk of money during that whole hype. And they probably got to raise an awful lot more 
based on how that ecosystem was going. Yeah. And then they didn't just say like, oh, fuck it, it's collapsed. Like, we'll give the money back to the investors. And they went, no, no let's go and um, let's go and port as much of this over as physically possible and put our head down and like actually build on Arbitrum. And they did, and they've absolutely, they've absolutely nailed it. And I think Jerry's got a podcast booked in with Darius in a week or so. Um, and it's just been great to watch because, you know, when you get this impression from someone after speaking to them, like, they're just going to get shit done. And, like, yeah. I just knew... I just knew and I had absolutely no issues of talking about Vertex as much as physically possible because I know it wasn't going to come back and bite myself and like the whole Blockmates brand on the ass because I knew they were going to deliver and they have done and it's it's been just like nice to watch like proficient operators just go about their business, you know. So um, they're, again, narratives, I still think but DYDX aside, I still think there's a, a huge gaping hole for a competitor. And I think from everyone that I've used, I think that Vertex is as close to DYDX as you're going to get. Um, and we actually did a little bit of modeling on this early days because me and Emery, who um, is one of, the, one of the contributors and writers at, at Blockmates, we sat down and said, well, what does this token price look like at these specific volumes? Because you can kind of work it out and work backwards from that. Because sure. if you get an X amount of volume, this is how many fees you're getting, and this equates to the X amount of revenue share, and what does that look like based on the um, total staked amount, like how much, how much fees are getting distributed by everyone who's staking. And if you can kind of like, calculate it out across a couple of different APRs like yeah, 5%, 10%, 20%, 30%, whatever. You can kind of work that backwards based on volume and work out like a rough, uh, fair estimation of price. So we did that a while back and I think a lot of people were just like a little bit confused at where we were getting out for an unlaunched protocol. But like <laughs> some of like the outlandish volumes that we were plugging in, they're beginning to hit now and it's it's really good to see that, yeah, we were definitely on the right page there. Um, so one of the, you know, we were just previously saying about like heavy lifting for market makers to come in. Yeah. So this is what they've got. This is what they've really got right. Not a lot of people will see this, particularly if you're just like a surface level investor and you're looking at the token. So they're tooling to, to build in traditional market making APIs. I think you can go from zero to set up in like four hours, I think they said. So there's yeah. no, there's no like, well, there's obviously a little bit of heavy lifting there, but the opportunity that is on chain trading against you know less and less savvy <laughs> individuals for large market makers in like these emerging markets, um, spinning their algos up in like four hours is like yeah that's that's definitely doable. So that's like a big a big big win for these guys. Um, and token, I've mentioned this on many a solo stream that I've done could have just been longing ETH or longing staked ETH and shorting ETH on um, on Vertex for a while and just putting some volume through the book and then you'd have been earning Vertex rewards off the back of it but the token actually hasn't gone live yet and it's in the announcement last week was the 13th of November till the 20th of November they're going to have a TGE uh, liquidity bootstrap and auction lock will be let me just work out what the distribution is it will take six months to be 100 percent vested if you do participate but it is in stages and i want to just get this right before i talk a lot of shit to people and they complain that they're locked for six months <laughs> uh where is it i've got it here da, 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 da. yeah so initial lb LBA, so liquidity bootstrap and auction position, lock up 60 days after the LBA ends. First LBA unlock is one third of a user's total LBA position. So you get, you'll get, um, after 60 days, you'll get a third, and then the remaining two thirds are vested over the next 60 days. So yeah, it's not, it's not, um, I don't think it's unreasonable whatsoever. I think that's a pretty, pretty good way of doing it, to be honest. And I think it looks like it's going to be hosted on their own on their own site. So that's like a week from now on the 13th. And you know what's really interesting that we haven't actually spoke about? I think airdrops and 
liquidity bootstrapping auctions are going to be the only way to get a token to market going forward because it's because of the ripple case um where oh, yeah they, securities and all cause that they, yeah because they got found they kind of got thrown out because people were purchasing at a free market price where it, the price wasn't set and you were just kind of selling something so i think lb is a perfect fallout and lbps are perfect fallout because you're actually you will get a fluctuating price based on supply and demand of, of that specific token. So I'd, I'd imagine vast majority of everything going forward will be LBA, LBP, or a retrospective airdrop. But yeah, that's Vertex. What did I have? Uh, it's Bear case. Uh, I just kind of touched upon there's like a, a large amount of competition entering the perp space, and there's a shitload of perps still that come online that I've been speaking to over the past couple of weeks, and I was just like, these guys are building the perp stacks. Isn't it? That's came out. That's that's kind of came out of nowhere. But like, I think it's one of the only things that's generating real revenues and cash flows. Um, so yeah, a lot of competition. I think DYDX is probably going to come into its own a little bit more now with its own chain. We'll see if there's any friction getting people over there. But you've also got to think about their liquid staking. DYDX token and revenue share that's going to go through of that and I don't know it's a very competitive space but I think these guys have got what it takes to kind of pull it off so um yeah we'll have to see yeah it's a pretty cool one I, I am interested how DYDX is going to do on their own chain should be fun to watch I heard uh or I saw the token unlocks you see uh how massive they're about to be <laughs> what, what is it Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, to unlock uh, like the token unlock schedule. It's um, it's about to be pretty insane for DYDX. So I expect a lot of marketing to come through pretty soon. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Vertex is pretty cool. I'm excited to see how they do. I I do wonder how much of their volume is due to farmers, but uh, I guess we'll find mm -hmm. out soon. Yeah, yeah. There is always that. Um, but I, I suppose we should do a full episode on this. <laughs> but the supposed beauty, the supposed beauty of that is, it's definitely a customer acquisition channel and a customer acquisition oh, for sure. cost, and it's it's, what well, I think it's kind of like amazing, really. Like that's kind of a crypto answer to how do you get people over there to try it, and even if they are going to try and farm it for a little bit, something might just click. Like similar to how my fascination with matcha for some reason it's like that is ingrained in muscle memory now if i if i if i like got a trade i use matcha and i think that's a little bit out of the ordinary but um you get people to use it enough even trying to farm it they might actually stick around and when they actually want to use it so i don't know but that that is a full episode in and of itself <laughs> yeah no i think that i mean same thing happened with me and stargate so it's i, I get it exactly exactly yeah i'm rooting everything through stargate <laughs> I used to be a synapse guy, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's shit. Oh my god, I'm looking at this. The unlocks. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not good. To get <laughs> oh jeez. Oh well. Um, what have you got next? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's another uh, perplex, but it's a little bit different. <laughs> a little different, guys. Stay with us, okay? It's a it's pear protocol, uh, like the fruit. So they do pair trading on on Arbitrum. So how I found it, I think I found it first on Twitter. Um, but they also have a really good podcast, the Crypto Narratives podcast that goes through. Yeah, it's great. Kind of like it looks brilliant. Oh yeah, for sure. These are really smart guys. Um, but you want to go learn more about how traders think? Definitely go check that one out. Crypto Narratives podcast. Um, they raised a couple rounds, so they had a million and a quarter seed round, and they did a public sale back in. April actually, so it's been a little while. They raised two and a half, uh, like around two and a half million for that too. Wish I knew about it by then, but oh, alas, did not. Um, so the real <laughs> problem that they're trying to solve, um, it's called so pair trading, or it's also called spread trading, is very popular in TradFi. Like you want to go long Apple, short Microsoft, that kind of thing, and capture the difference. Um, like you think one asset's going to outperform another or underperform another. But it's kind of really hard to do in crypto these days. You can open like a position here and position there, but it's not exactly what you want. Um, so how pair pair works? They source liquidity from other perps platforms like GMX to allow for like one click trading. So you want to go um, you want to go long on ETH PTC, you can just one click long it. You want to go long Link ETH, you can long that or short it. Um, but actually, their V two is going to use Intense as well, so that's kind of cool. Um, it's not going to rely on 
um, GMX or the perp platforms, they're going to use market makers like like Intent X will. Um, so you mint your, you can mint that position. So say you have a long ETH BTC leverage position, you can mint that and you can think like this position has some value. Um, so you could in the future borrow against it. You could sell it OTC to somebody that wants that position for some reason, or you can use it in like other NFT FI applications. So um, there's already a lot of infrastructure out there for different financial applications of NFTs. So this is an NFT, so you'd be able to plug it into something like that. Um, so I'm pretty excited about it. You can think that it has some narratives going for it. Like right now, we, we have this like mini ARB season with uh, the short-term incentive uh, proposals going out. Um, so it could benefit from that because it's built on Arbitrum. So you could have some hype because it's uh, using Intense later on too. Uh, the token itself is going to also... Uh, have revenue back to stakers, about 80% of it, and then 20% is going to the treasury and also trading fee reduction. So kind of boilerplate what you would expect for uh, like a purpose dex token these days. Um, but I'm really excited about the possibility of just this pair trading because I know a lot of people are either bullish or bearish the ETH BTC trade. Well, you can just go express it right there and you don't have to jump through a lot of hoops to just artificially make uh, a position up. You can just one click. Really cool. And I'm playing around with the beta right now. So it's really, really cool. And uh, I know there's a lot of updates coming around soon. And I think the full launch is set, set pretty soon too. Um, but bear case, I guess maybe it could be easier to pair trade on centralized exchanges, but maybe with intense coming, that changes. Maybe it's a lot easier and more effective to pair trade with intense. So I think um, pair could carve out their own little niche there. But you could also look at, okay, maybe there's these on-chain intent-based protocols that do perp decks, like it's a perp dex. Maybe they just start plugging in pair trades. So maybe that swallows and gobbles up pair. So we'll see. I think it's a cool little space that they're carving out, though, and I'm, it's fun to use. So I'm, I'm excited for them to go to market here. Yeah. Um, I've known these guys for an awful lot of time now, and um, fellow... It's nice to see people in the UK creating, <laughs> creating interesting <laughs> protocols. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'll say it anyway. Um, <laughs> I think I think Huff is actually an advisor for Intent X. So there's, there's a, so there is um, some very, and Huff's like, he knows his shit. Like we've, we've spoken awful lot in the past and um, he's one of these people that, you know, he's not just talking a lot of shit. He's not laughing about anything. I think he's yeah. had X, like traditional derivatives experience, and kind of just trust his opinion when I'm kind of looking for market commentary around a lot of stuff. So, I re I really hope this does well. I'm like I'm all, I'm kind of rooting for them, uh, and I think it's a really it's similar to how you know we were just saying you can see how like the natural progression of derivatives markets by looking at like the spot markets it's this also kind of looks like uh perhaps perhaps aggregator as well where if this becomes like your go-to your muscle memories that it's like i want to open this on where do i go find the best pricing where's the best funding you and you naturally instinctively just begin to start going to pair protocol because you know you're going to get great pricing across a load of different assets it's it just makes a lot of sense and I think it could have a lot of likes, but yeah, um, maybe we should get a whole fun. That'd be good to actually talk through, I think. Oh, for sure. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, right. Where am I at? So this, <laughs> it, it's cut. So this one, this is my final one. This is kind of a perp dex, but kind of not at the same time. <laughs> so this is my this perp dex. We're yeah. excited about. <laughs> So my final one is Juicy Perp, and Juicy Perp is an NFT derivatives platform where you can effectively speculate on the price of an NFT floor price, long, short, or even they're going to have um, these NFT battles, which is effectively like a binary option. So will this, will the price of this increase or decrease over this allotted time period? And I, this was i've got a i won't mention any names but there's a vc friend in the industry who is looking very very closely at juicy Perp and they kind of wanted our opinion on it because we covered it quite a lot of 
NFT Fi stuff in the past. Um, and we were very, very close to the NFT perp guys and did a lot of content around that. So the issue with that was the virtual AMM model didn't necessarily work on NFT perp. And there's a few reasons, right, why you haven't really seen, like, if you think about it, it's a, it's a great idea. Like, people want to speculate, like, to, like even today, people would have definitely wanted to speculate on board ape price because there's like the catalyst of yesterday where they've tried to <laughs> try to make everyone blind so they can't <laughs> hand their keys over to kind of phishing links and shit like that. Maybe that's the antidote to board ape members not using all their money, just make them blind. <laughs> um, so there's definitely a demand for this, but there isn't a great venue for it. And I think previous structures of the counterparty, the people have used the AMM in the past and just hasn't worked. So one of the other main problems which you could probably figure out if you looked at it long enough is the price feed data and the latency around it. There just really isn't any great NFT price feed oracles that are feeding into these protocols to enable it to like enable perps to act in the way that they should and it could be quite easily manipulated. Um, and I think that's where NFT perp v1 went wrong and like a lot of LPs lost their shitload of money and I think a lot of floor prices were getting skewed and you know so it's it's nice. more of an infrastructure yeah it's more of an infrastructure problem than you could initially think so these guys are effectively gonna have just your simple deposit in liquidity providers taking the opposite side of the trade style like GL I suppose like a GL a GLP style model or just like a basic kind of liquidity, single side liquidity build model. Um, initially, they're going to launch with the binary options. So these NFT battles were, I think this is actually really smart because one, you're definitely going to be able to speculate on the price of an NFT floor price over in a lot of period of time. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month. Um, but the way that they're structuring it as well is you're going to have like dual battles where it's you might have what will quite interesting that we just spoke about per protocol who will outperform will my ladies out compete budgies over the next month or the next couple of days and what's really interesting about that is you can definitely see that striking up conversation on yeah. social media and, and get and get an additional organic virality because you're getting it's happening into two really kind of dialed in communities around that. And then there's, they, let's say we had 20 different NFT collections and you, there was markets for, I don't know, Pudgies versus Bordeaux. Like you can see how quickly that could yeah, become no, that's cool. a thing that people would latch onto. So I think they've done really, really well on that. Um, I, for one, just want a venue to be able to long and short NFTs. Um, there's, I feel sometimes feel guilty when I buy NFTs and sell them. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, don't, I have no problem absolutely nuking any position i have but yeah i don't know what it is about nfts i, I always just feel a bit guilty if i'd like put them up for sale <laughs> what's well, that in the front like keys right it's like so, yeah. sorry man so oh, you can't sell those. <laughs> <laughs> so i'd like to just speculate on price because i think there's a lot of a lot of catalysts that happen in the nft space and i think you're probably going to see the nft market take a new kind of direction with regards to like, if you look at what, what Pudgies have done and what Luke has done with Pudgies and getting them into like consumers hands. And yeah. I think like Dokio, Dokio on Avalanche are like looking to do something similar. I think that's, that'll probably be like the new meta of things. And that's kind of what everyone promised in the NFT space anyway, but exactly. it looks like Luke is probably the only one who's actually delivered on that. <laughs> but um, I also think we're probably, like on the like narrative aspect of, of this kind of thesis, I think we definitely hit rock bottom with regards to NFTs. I think we're definitely going to start seeing a slow resurgence. Um, I think like <laughs> even just stupid stuff like Simpsons episode <laughs> where Bart turned into an NFT, which is hilarious. Well, it's in the mind space, right? It's good. Well, yeah. Yeah. And there's just a few more things like Blur season two is on the horizon. Um, the board ape thing I made fun of is like it's not nothing, nothing to make fun of, but it is also same, quite funny at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> opens, 
OpenSea, yeah, just like fumbling the bag consistently. There's like them and MetaMask who are just like. Oh, OpenSea just cut like half their positions, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I just, it's, I just it's don't rough. Get it. I think. Are you think? Do you think we're at the bottom for NFTs? It's like capitulation. Yeah, I think. I think. I think it's. I think the bottom's in personally. But I also think there's going to be a lot of shit that gets left at the bottom. Yes. Stuff will definitely continue to to gain traction again. I think it. There's definitely going to be the OG stuff that stands the test of time, and I think Pudgies is a real good prime example. I think Kanpai Pandas is a real good example. Um, yeah, you got to look for communities too with NFTs. Like, Miladies have a pretty strong and vocal community too. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and I think there's a whole meta around that. But I, I think gone are the days where people are happy to part ways with. ETH or SOL or AVAX or whatever token people are raising in for like the promises of a roadmap. I think I think there's gonna be a lot of a lot of financialization happening. I think people people want to speculate whether that's options, whether that's perps, whether that's whatever the the hell people come up with. But yeah, I've I've kind of got the opinion that we're we probably bottomed in the NFT market and we need to wait for like the wealth effect and money to trickle down into these more kind of speculative um areas. But you're probably also going to see a lot of gaming-related NFTs pop off because I think we're probably coming into the beginnings of some some real, real good games that are coming online. Really? Um, like your Shrapnels, Shrapnel and Off the Grid and like TSM are creating their own subnet and stuff like that. So there's a lot, lot of stuff like uh, Aurori on Solana looks like it's getting near. So like all these stuff that got like raise a shit ton of money and a lot of people have released an NFT collection to keep keep the hounds at, at the gates and <laughs> show that they were doing something and also probably raise a little bit of capital. Like there's a lot there's a lot that's bubbling under the surface and I think um like the financialization aspect of it, if executed correctly, could be could be big. And I think Juicy Burp look from a technical perspective and from a marketing perspective, they look like they're ticking all the boxes personally for me. Um, no token yet. I'll suppose we can comment back on that when we know a little bit more. And like my bear case is, you don't see a lot of speculation happening, but I can't see that happening if there's a good venue to actually execute. Um, the only real issue I do foresee is if the Oracle just isn't up to scratch or there's a reason that the the, the price of the Oracle hasn't been pulled off previously but um i suppose the, the other aspect is if providing liquidity just is categorically just unprof unprofitable and obviously there's no liquidity to trade but yeah, yeah i don't know I'm, I'm i'm quietly optimistic about this one nft perps are tough just because there's not a lot of volume to go through so you can think maybe it's not as hard to manipulate the price um just because there's not a lot of you know a lot not a lot of volume to to break through mm -hmm. um but yeah, definitely hope something like this exists because don't have to shell out 50 ETH if I want to express a position, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's, I suppose that's, um, I know we, everyone trying to find, um, try to fractionalize everything. They thought that was the way that you, you allowed smaller positions to kind of express their desire right. for a certain collection. But like, this is a kind of the same thing, but in derivative fashion, I think it's, um, if if funding makes sense over a long period of time, I can definitely imagine people picking this up. And like, if there's any composability across the actual position, that could be interesting too. But yeah, there's there's a whole market of really smart builders building in this space, and I I really want to see it do well. It's just someone's going to pull it off, and I just I just don't know who. But like my kind of initial kind of research is is looking promising for Juicy Pop. Yeah, definitely one to watch. I mean, the more like financial primitives that get plugged into NFT Fi, the better. So hopefully they do well. Here, here. So yeah, we'll do this. As I say, we uh, I could have pulled off thirty, forty projects today, and <laughs> I apologize that we uh, we did, we 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 brought up one lending and borrowing around LSD, LRT. <laughs> the rest were dex, the perps dexes, and then we had one NFT Fi project, but. We'll try and we'll try and shake it up a little bit next time. It's just I think a lot of these are about to come online, so it was quite topical, and we felt bad not telling people about them. So, exactly. um, 
yeah, so we'll do it again. We'll try and make it a regular thing. And if there's any you'd like to see us kind of speak about, be prepared. We might roast it. So I <laughs> could be fun too. <laughs> all of the bad ideas, or why we don't like some ideas over others. You know. Yeah, why we like it, why we don't like it. Just leave it all in the comments. We we check we check them all. We'll get back to you on absolutely everything. And yeah, thanks for joining us. If you feel generous, give us like a like and subscribe and all that good stuff that I'm supposed to say as a host, um, which I always forget to do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, five six three. Thanks for joining us again. And don't know what we're gonna do next week. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. You can decide. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> now it's good to be back. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Right, thanks a lot, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy.